In this pod, we will discuss the causes, the events and the consequences of the two main rebellions in Edward VI's reign. The first one, the Western Rebellion, was squarely focused on religion. Somerset was, by the standard of the time, a moderate Protestant. But his attacks on Catholicism had frustrated and angered parts of the country. Meanwhile, the Kett Rebellion in the same year was due to his economic policies. These rebellions ultimately saw Somerset thrown from power. So what caused them then? Let's start with the Western Rebellion. The discontent started in 1547 when Archdeacon William Body tried to introduce Somerset's reforms. Remember, an archdeacon is a rank up from a priest, but below a bishop. He was mobbed by a hostile crowd who forced him to run to London. In 1548, Body returned to supervise the destruction of Catholic images, another one of Somerset's changes. But once again, he faced a mob led by a local priest. This time, he was not so lucky and he was killed. In 1549, the Cornish feared the Act of Uniformity was going to be forced upon them. This would include a new, more Protestant Book of Common Prayer. There were around 6,000 people involved in the rebellion, many of them members of the local gentry. As a result of this, the elites of the West Country essentially did nothing. The rebels took their demands to the Earl of Arundel, the local magnate. The demands highlight the religious nature of the rebellion. The first, end the changes to baptism and the Eucharist. Remember, the Eucharist had been made ambiguous, so it was possible to believe in both transubstantiation and consubstantiation. The rebels wanted the six articles restored. This would have reasserted Catholic doctrine and made the denial of transubstantiation heretical. So again, another huge step back towards Catholicism. They also wanted the Latin Mass restored, which Somerset had translated into English. And finally, they wanted the restoration of transubstantiation and purgatory as two key pillars of religion. All of this highlights the religious nature of the rebellion. It is hard to say from this rebellion how widespread these feelings were across the country. The rebellion only took place in Cornwall and Devon. So we cannot say with any real certainty how many others felt this resentment to the religious change. What we can say with certainty is that the government saw these demands as ultra-conservative. The demands were rejected by Archbishop Cranmer. Now eventually, the government won out, with 4,000 rebels being killed. This brutal put-down of the rebellion shows the government's fear and determination not to face rebellions elsewhere. Of course, shortly afterwards, they faced the Kett's Rebellion, although this was for very different reasons. Robert Kett was a local member of the gentry in East Anglia, and he had been enclosing land in the local area. Kett was clever, though. He offered to be a spokesperson for the rebels and quickly gathered an army of around 16,000 men. They set up camp for six weeks 
And in this time, they were able to take Norwich, which was one of the biggest cities in England. One of the reasons this had been so successful was that Kett was highly effective when it came to organising the rebellion. He created an elected council which governed the rebels to ensure that there was discipline. The rebels drew up a list of 29 articles. Five of the key ones that you need to know are they wanted landowners to stop enclosing land. They wanted rents to be reduced to the levels under Henry VII. They wanted rivers to be open to all for fishing. Corrupt local officials who had offended the common people to be punished. And incompetent priests to be removed from their positions. Now you can see the driving factor of this rebellion is different to that of the Western Rebellion. The Ket Rebellion was more to do with economics and local issues rather than religion, although clearly some people were unhappy with the local priests. The Crown's response to the rebellion was swift. The Marquess of Northampton had been successful in regaining Norwich with his 14,000 strong army, but he'd been forced to abandon it after just one day. Now this left a gap open for the Earl of Warwick, John Dudley. He then met the rebels in open battle, where 4,000 rebels were killed. This was a decisive defeat for the rebels, and order was successfully restored. This was significant because ultimately, these rebellions back to back destroyed the authority of Somerset. It also increased the authority of John Dudley, the Earl of Warwick, who was able to effectively remove Somerset from power. So the Western and the Kett Rebellion had far-reaching impacts beyond the rebellions themselves. As for Kett, he was captured and he was hung for high treason. These rebellions had the potential to be dangerous, but for different reasons. The Western Rebellion was essentially a local conflict, but the vast majority of the country were Catholic. Ultimately, it proved unimportant other than leading to the removal of Somerset. While the Kett's Rebellion, it was much more dangerous. 16,000 rebels capturing a major city. This was an organised and effective rebellion. You can see that in the way John Dudley approached government once he took power as Northumberland. He was far more careful in managing the economy than Somerset had been, which is something you'll hear about in later podcasts. Thanks for listening and I look forward to hearing from you soon.